And we're going to be starting from verse 7. Again, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, starting at verse 7. That day, David first appointed Asaph and his associates to give praise to the Lord in this manner. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory to his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgment, judgments he's pronounced. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of his praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Cry out, save us, God our Savior. Gather us and deliver us from the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Praise be to the Lord and the God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen, and praise the Lord. Let's proclaim our scripture declaration. Lord, we honor your word to us. May your truth become our heart's pursuit and our lives practice. Lord, Father, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you and we honor you. And we just thank you, Lord, for loving us and sacrificing your son for us, Lord. We ask you today, as we listen to the pastor teach today, Lord, we ask you to let it penetrate in our hearts and our souls and allow us, Lord, Father, to be transformed by your words, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. All right, you guys, thank you so much, worship team. Awesome job as usual. And I want to call out uh, someone real quick. Man, I'm just so grateful for Jesus. Jesus Martinez, thank you, brother. I appreciate you so much. Um, I told him last week as he was leaving, I told him, I said, you know, you're one of the people that first comes to my mind. You know, the Lord has led him here recently and uh, he just, he's super subtle. He just like came to me and he said, you know, I, I play the drums and it's like, if you were listening a little earlier or got the view from the back camera, yeah, he plays the drums. I mean, he plays the drums, right? So thank you, brother. I appreciate you. And uh, man, you get me fired up. I'm telling you, I love it. And uh, thank you for using your gifts and talents. So many people, they, they have gifts and talents, but they keep them to themselves. And that's not exactly why God gave them. So thank you for using yours. And, and man, of course, Nain and uh, Kenya and, and our girl back from the dead from COVID. Thank you, Miss Karen, for being being here. And of course, Isis as well, doing a fantastic job, just a huge blessing. Thank you so much to all of our people on the worship team. Well, we are uh, just a couple of days away from Thanksgiving. All right. Now, just a real quick question. Did any of you guys have to make this decision that you never thought you'd have to make? Did you guys have to have this conversation? Like, are we going to get a, get together and have a family gathering on Thanksgiving? Like, we had to have that discussion. We had to decide, are we going to have a family get-together on Thanksgiving? That has never really happened for us. It's always been just understood because probably out of all the different holidays, Thanksgiving seems to be one that is connected and encircled with all the concept and the idea of family. But you probably had to have the words come out of your mouth. Are we going to thanks? Are we going to cancel Thanksgiving this year? Well, here's the good news. 
We are not canceling Thanksgiving, period. You know, I don't know what your family is going to do, but Thanksgiving is still on the calendar. It is still a day that matters, and it is still something where we need to be reminded that of all days, we can be grateful for what God has done. And it is one of those years where maybe beyond any other, we are in need of being grateful for what God has done because it has been a crazy year. I shared with you guys a little bit, and I'm going to go through a few different things. I won't go through all of it like I did last week, but just to kind of kind of lay the groundwork, why would we think about canceling Thanksgiving? I talked about all the different celebrity deaths that actually happened. I think somebody came to me and said, I miss one or two. I probably did. I've got five of them up there. This started all the way back in the upper left-hand corner with Kobe and his daughter Gigi back at the end of January and then seven other people and of course, uh, you got Chadwick Boseman, you've got Alex Trebek in the last couple of weeks, Eddie Van Halen in the last month or two, and then Sean Connery. I, I feel like I want to do a Sean Connery accent right now, but I'm going to spare you that so you guys can still respect me in the morning. But you know, that's 007, that's a, that, that man's a, a legend, right? But all of these people and many others have passed this year. It's been crazy. But then it's not just been those who have passed because we have that every year. 100 days into 2020, they were already writing uh, articles online about crazy things and the number of crazy things that had been happening already this year. And at April 9th was 100 days into 2020. By the way, April 9th is my dad and my sister's birthday. And so that's a special day for me. But even just 100 days into 2020, they were talking about 26 shocking things that have already happened in this year. And, and, and the hits just keep on coming, right, as they say. And so you think about all the natural disasters. And I got to tell you guys this. We missed a bunch of hurricanes this year, but maybe you didn't realize it, but you should. There is actually Hurricane Theta, which was the 29th named storm of the Atlantic season, which breaks the record for the highest number of tropical storms in a single year. If you don't know, they begin with the letter A and they go through the alphabet and then they start over. If there's more than those names that you got, you know, we had Hurricane Harvey, which was the eighth storm because you have A, B, C, D all the way to H. So Hurricane Harvey that hit us a few years back was the eighth storm. We have had 29 named storms as of last Sunday. I haven't looked this year, but of course we would have the most storms that have ever been named in human history. Uh, just it's because it's 2020, it's just being what 2020 is, right? And that last uh, thing had been set all the way back 15 years ago, these records reaching back to 1851. So They've been keeping records for a while. Let's just say it was bad and it fit right in, right? And just thinking about all this new normal that we've talking about, and I never thought that I would be thinking to myself, do I have my mask on as I'm passing out communion? But I was just a minute ago. It's the new normal. And then you talk about all the politics and stuff. And let me just say something real quick. You may be tired of hearing about politics and you may be thinking, well, Randy, why are you bringing that into the church? I'm just telling you, if you go back and listen, I've not taken any sides anywhere on this situation. And I will just tell you, I'm not taking sides because I believe that the most important thing of all things that we could ever decide is, is that the only king forever, as we sang, is the Lord himself. You can have whatever political views you choose and still be a Christian. It is important that you uh, realize that your politics and your faith need to intersect. That is a very important piece of what our life is supposed to be doing. And so the reason I talk about politics in a very general way is because your life and your life does not end and begin right here and then change and shift when you're out there in the real world. These things are supposed to be a holistic mindset where God is glorified in everything that you do. And so I talk about those things because I don't want you to come into this place or come online and shut your brain off and go, okay, it's time to escape from the real world because this is something that is supposed to affect your real world. 
world. Your faith should impact your real world. That's why every single time, whether I'm preaching or Peter's preaching or Eric's preaching, every single time we leave, we say, we've just heard God's word. Now what? Let's go live it. In other words, those things that are mattering in here ought to be mattering out there. But the politics have been crazy, not just for us in our, in our uh, Senate and in our Supreme Court and in our presidential branch, but even for the folks over in Great Britain, uh, the UK uh, withdrew from the European market. It's been crazy. And then George Floyd, the thing that happened that changed so much and brought it to the forefront, the, the, the things that kind of we had time to sit with and in order to let them sink in and soak in the things that had happened to George Floyd. And then what we would have called cancel culture, statues being torn down uh, of different ones who had owned slaves, for example. And so it's a, a powerful thing that's going on in our world, and it feels a little bit like things are shifting. But I want to share something with you very quickly. As Jesus described the end of days and the end of time, you may not have known this. Maybe you've read this passage of Scripture from Matthew 24. But he talks and he says, you're going to hear wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed because these things have to happen, but the end is still yet to come. And then he says, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There'll be famines and earthquakes in various places. And these are the beginning of birth pains. Now, let me just tell you guys, I know it often looks like I am with child, but I have not ever had a child. I've watched my children be brought into this world. And I will tell you, I will tell you that I don't understand what birth pains are. I have a wife that is tough as boot leather, man. I'm telling you, she's had babies where all she had was Tylenol. So I'm telling you, she's a straight up, she's just a boss, all right? So anyway... That's my wife. I don't understand how painful it is, but I can tell you that birth pains start off far apart, and as they get harder and harder and harder, they get closer and closer and closer together. And so as you look at this word from Christ, and he says, talking about the end of the world, talking about the time where he will reveal his kingdom, he says it's going to be like birth pains on a woman which to me remind me that they will get closer and closer together and they will get more and more and more intense. And so if you are worried to yourself about all the craziness and the things feeling like they've shifted, you can be grateful and have thanksgiving in your heart because Jesus, when he was walking the earth, literally predicted the things that we are seeing. And if you look in this passage of scripture, the actual Greek word is eth uh, ethnos will rise against ethnos. Ethnic will rise against ethnic. In other words, there is going to be racial and ethnic unrest. Man, talk about what's going on in our world today. That is what is happening. That's literally what we started hearing in the former Yugoslavia. Ethnic cleansing. You might even remember the term if you're old like me. The truth of the matter is, is that when we see this stuff, we don't need to be alarmed because we know the one who is in control and we can have thanksgiving in our heart because we realize and understand that even if we feel uncertain, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and you guys remember the next line forever. He is always in control. And so as we look at this, we know that Jesus is still in control. And I shared this with you in last message series. And I want to remind you of that. The concept of not getting hysterical about the things that you face, but instead choosing to get historical about the things that we're facing. Because just like he has always been in control and always brought us through, he's going to do it again. And in that passage of scripture that Peter read just a few moments ago, it is so powerful because he talks about how the Ark of the Covenant is brought into the temple and how David sets people aside. And the, the man Asaph that was mentioned, you might have even recognized his name from the Psalms. We've been talking a lot about the Psalms recently and how the Psalms are actually songs to remind you of the truth of God's word. And in this passage of scripture, he even echoes one of the famous Psalms from Psalm chapter 136, where every other line is, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And the way that this was actually sang was almost like a, a, a song and then a repeat or a refrain said by another part of the group. And so Asaph and his 
uh, comrades and his colleagues would play musical instruments. And David paid them to be musicians in his temple. And so as they would sing the song, they'd say, give thanks to the Lord for the Lord is good. And then over here on this side, the congregation would say, his love endures forever. And then they'd say another truth about God's word and who he is and his character and what he's done. And then over here they would say, his love endures forever. And say another thing. And then his love endures. Go back and forth and back and forth. You can look at Psalm chapter 136, preferably not right now, to be honest with you. But you can go back and look at that later and you can see exactly what I'm talking about. And then at the end, did you notice? I love that verse and I included it on purpose. At the very end, it said, and then all the people said, amen, and praise the Lord. And so it's biblical when I say, can I get an amen? And you give me one, right? It's biblical. It's biblical. It's right down the line because the truth of the matter is, is that worship is not a spectator sport. That's why some of you guys at home are missing out on some of that emotion. You don't know, but you don't grasp and understand that some of you are missing out on that emotion that is here in the building at times because this is something that we are connected and you guys are encouraging me and vice versa, I hope anyway. And so we realize and understand and remember that it is a participation as we remember together and remind each other together of the things that God has done in our past. And so the idea of that first Thanksgiving, that very first Thanksgiving, I want to be making sure that you are aware of this. That very first Thanksgiving, there's even a picture of it that I'm going to put up here. This happened not because everything was great. And I, I told you about this last week, and I'm going to remind you again. The truth of the matter is, the first Thanksgiving in the Jamestown colony that happened here in the New World was not because they were like, man, it's been awesome. Banner year, tons of crops, everybody's doing great. Fantastic year. Hey, I got an idea. Let's be grateful. No, no, no. That was not the case. As a matter of fact, the, the truth of the matter was, was that 50% of the people who began the journey to come over and land in Jamestown had died because of the difficulties that they faced. It was famine. It was cold. It was illness. It was to be very honest with you, it was bacteria that was being shared. I mean, like we're not afraid of a bacteria these days, right? It's very, very different, right? You know what I'm saying? The truth is, is that they were dealing with viruses that they couldn't win against, right? And so all of this stuff happens and piles up and 50% of the people that began the journey died in this journey. But those 50% who were left looked around and said, it sure isn't what we wanted it to be. But thank God we are still standing. And because of that, we will choose to be thankful. Now, I don't know what you're facing, and I don't know your frame of mind. But as I look at this Thanksgiving that for some we've even thought about canceling, I'm going to encourage you, not that you have to keep that family date, but I'm encouraging you, don't dare let cancel Thanksgiving happen in here. Because even if you have dealt with difficult things, in the spirit of those who began Thanksgiving and coming from the one who puts Thanksgiving in our hearts, we need to understand that gratitude matters more now than ever before. Be grateful that God has brought us this far. And the truth be told is that we are facing difficulties. And I know that at different scales, each one of us is facing something else. But the truth of the matter is, is that we could be in a much more difficult situation than we are. Let's not forget to give thanks and let's choose to look on those things that God has not taken away rather than those things that have changed for us. And don't miss this. Don't miss this. This is a truth. Gratitude is not an emotion. You might be thinking, but Randy, you know, the truth is, is that I just don't feel that way. I mean, I'm not exactly feeling real grateful right now. Well, that's fine. Cool. Be thankful and grateful anyway, because gratitude is not an emotion. It is a choice that you and I make. I, I've shared this with you in different message series over and over and over again. And there is a reason. I, it's not because I can't find another picture, but I use the same picture to talk about this all the time. But I use this picture of the railroad tracks for a reason. Because I think that in our minds, we think, well, if I feel it, then I'll be grateful. And if I don't, well, that's just the way that it is. 
But the truth of the matter is, is that you, if I held a gun, I mean, I'm not literally going to hold a gun to your head, but if I did, you'd have, that's, that's the term, right? Gun to your head, you already got something to be grateful for. You might say on one side, well, Randy, on this side over here, my job situation is sporadic at best. Okay, I get that. I understand that. But then on the right-hand rail, you probably have more time to do some of the things that you've not been able to catch up on or maybe put your people first instead of your possessions first, right? I mean, this is a different rail. So you might have one rail that's difficult and yet one that is something that you should be grateful for. Or you might say, but you know, I've got all this time on my hands. Great. Use that time for the good that you haven't been able to do before. And then on this side, maybe it's a difficult time because of something else. But the truth is, is that for most of us, we know exactly how this is. We have all the money in the world and no time to use it to take a vacation. Or we can go on vacation, but we have no money to do it, right? This is just the way that it is. And so rather than saying, these are the things I don't have, be grateful that you truly do have some things in your life where God has been grateful or God has been good to you and you can choose to be grateful for those things. Very quickly, here's our something to learn today. Our something to learn is that our Heavenly Father told us to remember and to watch for signs of His movement in our world and in our own situations. And He knew that the result of us looking for it and remembering what He's done would be faith in Him, glory that we give to Him that others hear, and it would also produce gratitude. Whenever we begin to think of what God has done for us and we see it in the right and proper light, we begin to be grateful. And Psalm chapter 100 is a perfect example. We shared this last week. We shout for joy for the Lord and we worship the Lord with gladness. We come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We exist because God breathed into us the breath of life. And if you don't like the life that you have, here's what I would say. It beats the alternative. The Lord has been good to us. He has brought us to life. He's given us a life to experience the joy of knowing him and the joys that come along with that. Here's the big idea I want to share with you today. Consistently choosing gratitude sows seeds of blessings in your life. Consistently choosing gratitude sows seeds of blessing in your life. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, Randy, I don't know if that's true or not. Let me just share something with you very quickly. I want you to think about this. Maybe you are getting together as a family. Maybe you're not. But I promise I know one of the things that you did not say if you are going to be getting together with family. Man, I can't wait to see Uncle Cletus. All right, I'm from Oklahoma, so Cletus. We're going to go with Uncle Cletus. I can't wait to see Uncle Cletus. That man is the most negative person I've ever met in my life. I can't wait to be around him. Makes me feel so good when I'm with him. He's got nothing but negative to say about me, about his situation. Man, he's just an uplifting ray of sunshine. I can't wait to see Uncle Cletus. You have never said that in your life, right? Some of y'all are looking at me like, y'all know what Cletus, never mind. I can't even explain. Here's the deal. You don't think that. You don't feel that. Because the truth is, is that you and I, what do we say instead? Man, I don't want to be around that person. All they're going to do is fill me full of, well, woe is me and all the, all the bad and all the, and I mean, I'm not saying pretend, I'm not saying that, but you guys know as well as I do that there are people out there who choose to look on the glass half empty side, right? And it's hard at times to be around that person because there's not any joy or fun or uplifting. And so you kind of spend your time small amounts, but you gravitate towards those who build you up. Those who consistently choose to talk about the positive rather than the negative. And so if you are listening to my big idea today and you're going, well, I don't know if that really is true. Let me just tell you, I promise you it's true. It's true. Because you know it as well as I do. Look back at your life. You don't ever look back and say, I want to spend all kinds of time and I want to make sure that my children have a really negative and down kind of outlook on people in the world that they're facing. 
No, you don't say that. Why? Because you know that there is a different thing that is attracted to the negativity than to the positivity. There is something that is different. And if you constantly sow the negative in your life, you got to be very careful. You're planting seeds because do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked for whatsoever a man sows that he also will reap. And so if you constantly sow to the negative side of life, guess what's going to find you almost by instinct? The negative. And, and I'm telling you, this is not just biblical. This is true in the scientific world. Let, let me just share it with you very quickly. How do you choose gratitude? I want to talk about how we choose gratitude. We choose gratitude by remembering God's work. And I want to talk about what that looks like in the scientific world real quickly, okay? So remembering the wonders that God has done, his miracles, the judgments he's pronounced. Sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim his salvation. What's the last part of that line? Day after day. You might be saying, well, well Randy, I'm, I'm grateful, especially in November. Cool. <laughs> That's good. But you know what? You're commanded as a Christian, as a God follower, to remember his goodness and the things that he has done for you and for me day after day. David did not hire Asaph and his friends and his colleagues and those who were gifted in music to get together and say, you know what, we're going to do it once a year where you sing praise to the Lord and we're going to get all excited and hyped up. We're going to have a concert and then we're going to go our separate ways. No, week by week, day by day, they recalled and sang the goodness of the Lord you remember it day by day. It is so important. And if you begin to do this, let's go to this next slide. If you begin to do this, we often make this mistake of thinking that the one who receives gratitude is the one who benefits from gratitude. Uh-uh. You are the one who gets the most benefits from gratitude. Don't believe me. Let's go to this next slide and see this. It is from this. Uh, I, I actually want to talk about this and then we'll go to this next one. But this man right here is Torin Wells. He was preaching at Elevation Church out in North Carolina. Torin Wells is actually the guy who initially sang the song Echo that we sang a little earlier today. And he, he was preaching and he said, life is full of both wonder and wounds. How many of you know that? How many of you know that life is full of wonder and wounds? We choose which one we will glance at and which one we will stare into. I'm going to say that again. We're going to choose which one we glance at and which one we stare into. Now, all right, as I sometimes do with my family, and yes, I'm cheesy like this. I just gave all of you some truth serum. That's right. You've been hit with truth serum. Let's be honest. How many of you in here stare into the wounds and glance at the wonder? Be honest. Be honest. It's me. It's me. Because you know what? If, if I didn't have a Facebook page, but praise God, I don't. But if I did, you know what I would do? I would look at it and I'd say, I've got 50 likes, but there's this one person that said that one thing that was semi-rude, and I'm going to think about it all day long. Now, is it just me? No, it's not just me. Remember, y'all been hit with truth serum, right? I mean, which one do you normally and naturally stare into, the wounds or the wonder? Why is it that it takes five positive things to overcome one negative thing said to your children? Five positive things over one negative thing in your relationship. Why is that? Because you and I, we tend to gravitate towards the negative and hold on to that like it's true. And we dismiss the wonder, even though it is just as true. We got to be very careful that we as Christians don't sow this choice of negativity. Instead, we choose to be grateful and we allow that to sow seeds of blessing in our life. And you know what? Here's the amazing thing. The great thing is, is that if I will choose it for me, guess who learns by accident the positivity and the gratitude? It is those who are around me, my children, little kids that pick up languages so easily when they're young. They learn two and three and four languages almost by accident before they're seven, eight, ten years old. Why is that? Because they pick up by accident the language that you speak. And if you are constantly sowing negativity, guess what they are learning from you? Constant 
negativity. They're, you're sowing negativity instead of blessings into the people that you love the most. All right, very quickly, I'm going to talk about this a little further. Advent Health says these words. says these words. This is the, the, the website you can look at. Let's click to this next one. It talks about studies have shown that people who practice gratitude showed a significantly lower risk for major depression, generalized anxiety disorder, substance develop, uh, dependence and abuse. I can't read today. Uh, according to the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Now, let me just share with you also some other things that this article said. It said that the benefits of gratitude are that you improve your immune system, that you lower your risk for mental health issues, which was just mentioned. It improves your ability to cope with stress. Number four, it's like a keystone habit that we've talked about. It sets you up for success in other areas, such as exercising more and a healthier diet. Man, I'd hate to see my diet right now if I was not already grateful, right? I mean, that's the truth. So here's the truth. Being a part of the Thanksgiving celebration is not exactly good for your diet, right? But the practice of actual Thanksgiving all throughout the year is actually good for your diet. And so I shared that quote with you. I shared these things with you. But here is something you might have missed. Studies have shown that people who practice gratitude, you might be thinking to yourself, well, Randy, what does that matter? It matters this way. It's not just Christians saying that you choose gratitude. These are scientists and health professionals telling you that you can choose gratitude. You practice gratitude. You do these things where gratefulness flows from you on a regular choosing basis, not a feeling or an emotion. So important that you not miss that. And very quickly, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, if you needed one more thing. Here's what he says in 1 Thessalonians 5. Paul writes these words. They're just little quick hits of do this, change that, do these things. And in that group, here's what he says. Rejoice always. Pray continually. And then he says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in how many circumstances? All. Give thanks in the good circumstances? Mm-mm. All circumstances. You and I choose. God never orders us or commands us to do something that we cannot do. And so because of that, when he says give thanks in all circumstances, guess what you can do? It's difficult, but it is possible. You can choose to give thanks in all circumstances. Very quickly, let's go to why we would choose gratitude. Let's check this out. We choose gratitude by this, by refusing partial stories. And if you look at this passage of scripture, you probably just read through it and you don't even know how it fits. Let me explain this. From 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 35, the, the singers sing, cry out, save us, God our Savior, gather us and deliver us from the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Do you know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like they're worried about the things that are going on in their world and how their nation is being safe or not around those who are around them. Why is that important? He is saying to them, give a choice of being grateful, not because everything's perfect, but because God will come through. And right now I'm worried about things, but I don't have to be because eventually I know this, God will come through. Now, I'm here to tell you something, and I want you to hear. I don't believe that I can tell you. I'm not a prophet. I'm not a person who can say, well, this is exactly what it's going to happen, and when it's going to happen, and how it's going to look, and all the roads that you're going to walk. That's not my job. I'm not a prophet. But here's what I will tell you. I will tell you that God will be with you, and that God will bring you through. Don't give up on him. He will not give up on you. You know how I know? Because he has said in his word, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And so because of that, even in the midst of a time where you're saying, God, save us. Like we need salvation, not just salvation of our souls, but we need salvation from all this mess that looks like it's flooding in on us. Can I tell you, he is still the same God. And he still hears that cry. And those who said that in those times didn't say, I'm grateful because things are perfect. I sing praise to God because things are perfect. 
He's instead saying, I'm singing praise to God because I know that even though it's not happened yet, it's going to happen. It's going to be a grave into a garden, right? It's going to be bones into armies and you go on and on down the long list of the things in that song. And so it's a chance for us to say, even before it happens, I believe and I will be thankful for those things. I've been sharing this with you, and I can't seem to let it go. I can't seem to walk away. Very quickly, remember this. These two passages of Scripture, I'm not even going to talk about them too much, but I'm going to very quickly mention them. In these passages of Scripture, you can look at it, and they're going to leave it up there for just a quick second. And you can see that in these passages of Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, and Joshua chapter 1, he is talking about the things that are going on, And yet also another reality that lies below the surface. He talks about how there is the thing that you see, but then there is also more that is going on. In Joshua, he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Everybody's freaking out because Moses is the only thing that they've ever known. And now he's gone, he's dead. But guess what? I'm still going to lead you into the promised land. In, in, in um, Isaiah 6, he says, you know, King Uzziah has ruled for 40 some odd years He is stability personified, but he died. So who is on the throne? God is on the throne. God is actually the one on the throne. And so for us to understand, we need to hear that there is a truth that goes beyond what is visible and what is easily seen and easily grasped. Very quickly, here's what I want to share with you. Torin Wells, going back to that podcast, he said this. He said, pain can restrict your sight but pain can also clarify your vision. I thought that was so powerful. And he went on and he's talked about it. He said, you're hearing a partial narrative. You're hearing the first thing and missing the second part. You're hearing that King Uzziah died, but you're failing to hear that God is still the one on the throne. You're seeing that Moses, my servant, is dead, but you've ceased to see that I am the one who is still going to lead you as a people into the promised land. It is a partial narrative and then you stop. And let me just say this, he goes on and he gets on the rant that I love to get on. I know I shouldn't, but I do. He talks about how easy it is for us to get a partial narrative and believe it as if it were the full story and the full truth. I'm going to put it up on the screen and I ain't even going to go down that road. But you know what I'm saying, that's a highlight reel. Can I get an amen, right? That is a highlight reel that people are showing you and you're thinking, everybody I know has a better life than me. Why should I be grateful? Well, because their life feels the same to them, but they beat you to the send button or to the post button, okay? I mean, so, so you're the one who's going, everybody's life looks like got, they got it all together. Come on, you know better than that, but you never stop to think about the, the partial narrative versus the reality that is harder to see. You and I have so much to be grateful for, even if we don't have the filter on our lives that other people do, even if we're not over there sharing only our highlight reel or whatever it might be. (laughs) There's so much to say there. There's so many funny things, but my wife came to me the other day and said, I need you to look at this. And I was like, okay, I took a look at the profile pic and she goes, all I've seen this person in real life and all I got to say is, "Uh uh-uh, no, no, not right, not accurate. Like, okay, I get it, right? This is true. These are things that are not necessarily true. They're in the very best light that we possibly can give. Here is the truth. Here's how we know that we're listening to the full narrative. Who has the final say in writing the final chapter? And I've been encouraging you guys and trying to get you guys to think about the concept of memorizing a scripture, memorizing a scripture and putting it into your heart. And this is one to remember, a passage of scripture that you can remember. This is one to remember. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, or the author and the finisher of our faith is actually the way that the King James says it. In other words, who is writing your final chapter? Who are you waiting on to say, he is the one who has the final say, not me, Not my circumstances, not those people who want to tell me what's going to happen. The truth of the matter is, is that God is the one who has the final say in your life and in mine. And for that reason, I can be grateful that even in the midst of a time where I'm calling out, God save us, we're in the midst of something we can't get out of on our own.
I can still be grateful even in the midst of that time. Why? Because he is the author and the finisher of my faith and my life story. He is the author. He is the writer. He is the one who says when the final chapter has been written. And if you struggle to remember in the dark days that the final chapter hasn't yet been written, this is one to remember. Very quickly, let me just share this big question with you. Have you decided that you will be grateful even in the fearful and difficult areas of your life? Have you made that decision and that choice? If not, I encourage you. I'm going to share the same exact way to apply this message as I shared with you last week. Now, the numbers are shorter and smaller because really Thanksgiving is only a handful of days away. I guess five, Sunday today, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday. So five days, just five, five days of speaking gratitude to at least two people per day every day. One thing said to God that you are grateful for him. And then one thing said to someone in your family, your, your friends, in your life, one way or the other. Be grateful and let this be something that grows into a habit of choosing gratitude and letting it sow the seeds of success and, and beauty in your life rather than being constantly down. Now, here's what I would just share with you as we end and close I just tell you and encourage you, you can cancel Thanksgiving if you choose, but the only one that is hurt is not anyone else, it's us. Because we are the ones that benefit from gratitude. Yes, it blesses God, and we should, but here's what I know. The person that needs the biggest change in my situation is me. The biggest agent of change that needs to happen in every one of the challenges I face, it begins with me. New attitude, new viewpoint, new mindset, new action, new words, new all of these different things that I need in my situation. And you probably need the same. So here is what we know. It begins with being grateful for what we have and grateful that the person that is next to us that brings power to every situation that is beyond all we could ask or imagine is our God and he is the one who is writing our final chapter. So wherever you find yourself today, know that you can be blessed and you can be grateful for all that God will do, all that he has done. And in the midst of it all, bring and give glory to God. Heavenly Father, be with us. Help us to be grateful for those things that you have already done and grateful for the things that you are yet to do. You are a good God and we are grateful. We are blessed to be called your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I just wanted to stop everything and take the time today to let you know how very thankful I am that you've been there for me. I want to say thanks for never giving up on me. Thank you for providing meals for us after Blake's surgery. Thanks for making sure I always had a ride to chemo. And thank you for helping me through this difficult season in my life, God. Thank you, God, for teaching me to be a strong single dad. Dear God, thank you so much for giving me this new job. I love it. Thanks for sending Jeff to take my shift last week so I could be with my family. For keeping me company on the first day of school. Thank you, God, for helping us get that bill paid. Thank you, God, for the clothes on my back. For giving me the courage to speak the truth. Thank you for forgiving me. For making my day better. For giving my life a melody. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for every single day. One final thing, God. Thank you for always loving me, no matter what.
think about uh, Thanksgiving that's coming up here in a couple of days I just encourage everyone to you know really take in what you heard today and just really ask God to help you think through all the things that you have an opportunity to be grateful for Uh, you know for me what I've been thinking about is there's really five things that I try to think through when I think about being grateful and it starts with faith you know, faith is so important and the faith that God has given us and allowed us to have is allows us to be 
able to live a life where we have a God that's with us, walking with us each and every day. Secondly is family. How are you spending time with your family and the things that your family have done to help you either this year, throughout this year, throughout the last week, or whatever else that may be for you. But having your family there for you, being able to rely on them when you need it, when they're needed. Uh, third is friends. I know I have really close friends that really makes a difference in my life. And without those friends, whether they're challenging me, helping me be better, allowing me to recharge, those are so important for me in my life. Uh, and then fourth is fitness, just being healthy, being able to live a life where, you know, in a COVID era, where we're still able to walk around, be healthy, be strong. And yes, there's, you know, there's a lot of challenges out there today with people, but we know that our God can heal. And so being able to walk around and be able to have a, 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 a physical stamina where you can continue to contribute in this world is so important. And then last is finances. And regardless if, you know, we have a job or not, God has provided for us. And the fact that we've been able to continue to keep things going. And for some people, they've had more blessings. And I just, I just think, you know, as you consider this Thanksgiving, think of those five, five things and ask God, how can you continue to keep those in your mind? Because every single day he's working for us. So with that, let me just pray real quick. Lord, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want to thank you, Lord, for this day. I want to thank you, Lord, for just loving us. And I want to honor you, God, for just being a faithful God, being a God who loves us no matter what, who is there for us every single day, who is willing to step in even though we don't deserve. You fill the gap for us each and every day, and we just appreciate you, God, and we thank you. And we are so gracious, Lord, for you in our lives. And Lord, as we go into uh, this next week and we go into Thanksgiving, help us have a mindset of Thanksgiving. Help us have a mindset of being gracious for all the things that you've given us and the people in this world has given us, Lord. Allow us to be able to not be self-centered, but be able to be outward focused and understand, Lord Father, that we can't do it ourselves. We need you and we need others. In the name of Jesus, God, we love you and we thank you. Amen. Thank you for coming to service today. You've just heard God's word. Now let's go live it. Thank you.